Click clack, click clack. You can hear the footsteps of the nun's feet slowly creeping to the door. You feel a shiver trickle down your spine. Every night you lie in a rough cot, dreaming about when you will see your family and plotting an escape plan. Little did you know, you will never escape, and you are destined for a dark, lonely future. The darkest day in Canadian history will forever remain as of April 1st, 1920. On this day, the Canadian government decided to create a law that meant all Indigenous children had to attend residential schools. Over 150,000 children were sent to these schools, and out of all of those children, 2,800 were killed. What's even more blood-curdling is that both of these numbers are inaccurate. There isn't an actual number for the number of deaths at residential schools because so many weren't recorded. The residential schools impacted thousands of Indigenous children and their families. Can you even imagine being taken out of your home and forced into a school that would wash you off of your culture and force you to become someone else? Most likely, no. Unfortunately, this was the harsh reality for so many children and teenagers. I decided I wanted to dig deeper into this topic and find someone willing to share their experience and their story at residential schools. I met with a woman named Ayana Choena. She was a victim of the residential schools and is here to share her story. Thank you for having me today. On April 12th, 1876, the government enacted an act which was called the Indian Act. This act prohibited our communities from celebrating cultural festivities and banned us from practicing our traditional ways of living. The Indian Act was altered a few times. However, the changes only made our lives more restricted. I was born in 1940. I am the second eldest child in my family. I have one older brother and four younger siblings. My younger brother's names were Kanan and Kanki, and my younger sister's names were Nine and Dakota. Growing up was lots of fun. I had a few really close friends, and we used to play games with my older brother, Maka, and his friends. My parents always protected us and, and taught us everything we knew. One day I woke up and something didn't feel right. It was cold and dark, and it was as if a gloomy shadow was hovering over us. Later that day, tall, skinny white men in uniforms raided our sight and started grabbing children and ripping them from their parents. I remember the distraught look on my mom's face as she tried to grab my brothers and sisters. My dad was yelling at the men and telling them to back away. They didn't stop. One man grabbed Kanan and Kangi, and another man grabbed Nine. I ran to go help, and then all of a sudden, I felt a really tight grip on my arm. My siblings and I were being moved into a truck. I looked over to my mom, who was sobbing at her feet. She looked at me and she mouthed, I love you. To this day, I still remember my parents' faces as these men took their children from them. We got onto these trucks and didn't know where we were going. In the truck, my brother and I realized that my youngest sister, Dakota, had not been taken. Thankfully, my mom had figured out a way to hide Dakota and she had survived this ambush. This was an extremely hard day for my family. I was 12 years old when I lost my parents.
Each of us experienced a different form of trauma at the school. Sometimes we try to revisit our life at residential schools, but the pain is too much to handle. When we first got to the residential schools, women with weird uniforms cut our hair and told us to change. Every day we would follow the same structural routine. We were taught by nuns, we had chores, and we had a daily prayer. I was scared, so I followed the rules. Although other children didn't completely follow the rules. One of my friends started speaking in her native language and the nuns took her into a different room. I didn't see her until the next morning, but all I remember is she had bruises all over her arms and legs. The food at the school was awful. I could barely even start my meal, let alone finish it. Nyan hated the food. The food wasn't like any of our traditional meals. It was always cold, soggy, and had absolutely no taste. Many children wouldn't eat their food. At the same time, there was a disease spreading through the school. My little sister was one of the many children who caught the disease. Because she wasn't eating, she became more sick and eventually died. I was all alone. My sister had died and I hadn't seen my brothers or my parents in weeks. Along with being alone and sad, I was very angry. I started acting out and because of my actions, I would get in trouble. To start, my consequences weren't as harsh. Some were just doing more chores and cleaning. But one night, things got out of control. I have never been able to revisit that night and from that day, I have been traumatized and mentally abused. In 1996, the last residential school closed. That was the day of peace within our community. When I was 16, I left the residential school. At this time, my identity was challenged. I struggled to connect with people spiritually. The residential schools forced us to become something that we are not. They trained us like animals to follow their ways. Something that is not talked about enough is how extremely challenging it was reconnecting with our communities. I met someone who was going through the same problem as me and we were able to push through together. I'm thankful for, for meeting this person because not everyone was able to overcome this identity crisis and this led to alcohol abuse and self-harm. I lost a lot because of residential schools. I not only lost family members and friends, I lost my identity and my culture. Since leaving residential schools, it has taken years and years of help and support to overcome the things that I saw and experienced in residential schools. The residential schools have affected our mental health and well-being. They have destroyed families and torn communities apart. I believe that the government owes us more than apology for the damage that they have caused. Anyway, today I wanted to share my story and some of the most challenging times when I was younger. Each of us have our own story, and we must live with the corrupt memories of the residential schools every day of our lives. I hope this helps. Thank you, Ayanna. Residential schools have caused trauma and pain for thousands of indigenous people and children. 
I'm thankful that Ayanna told us her story and how her family was impacted by residential schools. Along with Ayanna's family, other indigenous families were torn apart. The day that residential schools were first introduced, in January of 1831, was the start of a dark era in Canadian history. These schools murdered many children in cold blood, and the majority of the children's killers were never punished. Along with being traumatized by rape, abuse, and death, and other forms of harassment, many other children tried to escape these schools. One child named Chani Wenjek was one of the many children who tried to escape. Unfortunately, he died on his way back to home at the age of 12. Though the residential schools are closed, they will forever have a lasting effect on the indigenous families and their community through intergenerational trauma. Before I end my podcast, I would like to leave my listeners with a final thought. This is a spine-chilling quote that was stated from the Canadian government. According to the Canadian Encyclopedia, the government states, Residential schools were government-sponsored religious schools established to assimilate legislation to strip Indigenous peoples off basic human rights and legal rights, dignity and integrity, and to gain control over the peoples, their land, and their natural rights and resources. That is all for today, listeners. I hope you enjoyed. I hope you learned something. And I'm going to leave you off with our famous Canadian joke of the day. What do Canadians sing when they get excited? Who let the sled dogs out? Thanks again, and I'll see you on the next episode.